In this episode, I speak with Jen Ziegner, co-creator and leadership coach from Mountains and Marathons. Jen believes that the world needs leaders who have inner peace and their own birthright as creators. Leaders who live and lead in alignment with their own values. Their aligned leadership program runs for six months and culminates in an epic physical challenge of either running a marathon or climbing a mountain in an extraordinary location. And you'll find them anywhere from Patagonia to Mount Kilimanjaro. Their clients range from Fortune 500 companies to national nonprofit organizations across the US, Europe, Australia, and the Middle East. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Leo. I am I'm wonderful. I'm starting the day with this, so what a better start to the day. Oh, where are you? I'm in Guatemala right now in Antigua, which is one of my favorite places in the world. It's a little colonial city um, that most people have never heard of, but is one of my favorites. You live there now? No, I don't. So <laughs> I do and I don't. I always say I live everywhere and nowhere. At the moment, I have been traveling for the last, uh, I guess, three and a half years now, coming up on four years. Yeah. How often do you travel? Are you in places for like a good six months? That is more what I'm moving towards. I mean, there is a lot of um, there's a lot of travel inside of like mountains and marathons and certain retreats I'm participating in and so on. But um, I am looking to have more of a base in future because I've been missing that. Uh, right now, it's been I mean, January already has been pretty crazy already, with moving maybe four times or so. So I'm looking to reduce it a little bit because. It does take a lot of energy. It is exciting and it's beautiful. And it's also, you know, the living out of out of a suitcase thing after three and a half years of it, four years of it, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, okay, I would love to leave a few things somewhere. So, you know, there's a flip side to that lifestyle that kind of everybody aspires to, or so many people aspire to. I know, to. they think it's so glamorous. And I it reminded me of when I was working on Olympic Games ceremonies around the world. And it's a lot. You turn up somewhere, get settle down and then all of a sudden you've got to pack everything up and ship it somewhere. I would love to know, starting at the beginning, what you were doing before you started this incredible business, Mountains and Marathons, and what the catalyst was for you to start this journey. Yeah, awesome. So I was living in Australia at this stage, which is still one of my favorite places in the world. How long ago was this? And I was working. That was about um, 
It was about like 2017. Yeah, I moved in 2016, so 2017, about five years ago, um, that the spark for mountains and marathons came about. But at that stage, I was working in the social enterprise, social impact space, um, impact investing. So all about how can we um, funnel more funds in our society towards businesses that don't only make money, but also do good. And I was working for an incredible small nonprofit organization that was really working on that systems change. And what I noticed, I was speaking with so many social entrepreneurs, you know, and these people that had such big hearts and such a big mission. And I was working with them on their business models and how they could be better, more efficient, make a bigger impact. But what I noticed is that what I was really, really curious about was how is this person? What is driving this person? How are they? Um, And I saw so many people, again, with those big hearts that were kind of burning themselves out in the name of the mission. And I saw similar things inside of the organization that I was working for. And I thought, you know what, if we want to make like really sustainable change, we need leaders that stand for something good in the world and that work on those, you know, big challenges that we're facing that also have great health, that also, you know, like live in alignment in every area of life um, where we have beautiful relationships, where we can be there for our kids, where we can be there for for our spouse, show up for ourselves, have self-care. And so that was really that was really what I got really passionate about. And then in 2000 and I don't even know anyway, I think it was 2017, I was running an event for that organization and I met Jamin, who then we started dating shortly after. Um, and Jamin was in a place where he was running three such organizations. <laughs> um, he was big, oh yes, he was big in the whole leadership space, mainly working with youth and um getting incredible accolades from society and like being like really really seen as such a great leader that he was and at the same time he was deeply burned out and he was really at a breaking point when I met him and so he had had this moment where he said you know if I wanted to do anything in the world if I could do anything in the world what would I be doing and for him that was running marathons and climbing mountains And so when we met, that had already been part of the mission uh, or like part of his vision. And so when we came together, um, he was in this place of really wanting to leave Australia and going to travel. And I, at the same time, you know, had 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 all these insights that I just shared with you about. So we thought, well, what would it look like to take all of our experience and all of our passions together travel the world together, run marathons and climb mountains around the world and see how that can transform not only our lives, but also other people's lives. Take everyone else on your and that's, journey. that was the foundation exactly for mountains and marathons. So. I mean, it's just such a grand name and it's such a grand vision. The most impressive thing is that you have seen it come to fruition. How many people have you had through your programs now? Um, so right now we've had about 60 people graduate the program. Yeah, so each of them we've worked with for six months over the six-month Aligned Leadership Program. Right, yes. Now, your Aligned Leadership Program, can you talk me through what that whole experience is like and the kinds of people who are coming to you? Are they burnt out or, you know, are they also people that are very very mindful, have a lot of self-awareness and they want to maybe challenge themselves at a higher level within that space? For sure. So um, the Aligned Leadership Program, it is a six-month-long experience. And when we say it's a leadership program, it is really about how we lead ourselves as leaders in the world. 
and the experience. So six for six months, um, everybody works with Jamin and me as, in, as their leadership coaches. Everybody has a fitness coach. Everybody has a nutrition coach. And then at the end of it, we have a graduation retreat where we either run a marathon or climb a mountain in some epic location in the world. But really the marathon or the mountain is very much metaphoric. It is symbolic. Yeah, it is all about who do we need to become in that pursuit. And the real work we do, the real marathon we run or the real mountain we climb is actually over the six months that we work together. And so when we speak about alignment, what we mean by that is really living living in our truth, like living as an expression in our truth and creating a life where what we think, what we feel, what our actions are, and then what shows up in our external reality are all in sync. And we have a we have a beautiful three-stage process that we guide people through throughout those six months. So it is a combination between like a curriculum that we have designed and refined over the last few years, and then also people's individual outcomes, depending on where they're at in their lives. And that process is what we call clarity, clearing, creation. So in the first piece of clarity, we really get clarity on like what what are you stand for for your life and in your world? Like what is that? Not just vision, but we call it a manifesto, which is really a declaration of here's what I'm out to create in my lifetime. Um, the second part is clearing, which is okay. Now we know what it is that we're deeply committed to, what we stand for. Well, what's in the way of that? What needs to be eliminated, changed, healed, transformed in our lives that is not in alignment with that vision, with that manifesto. And then the third piece is creation. And that is, well, now, now how are we going to go and create that? How are we going to live in alignment with that every single day, every action we take, every goal we set? How, how do we make sure that every single time we show up in any relationship, it's in alignment with that? So that is the three-phase process that we guide people through. And the people that come to us and the people that we work with are entrepreneurs, leaders, executives, generally somewhere between... 35 and 55, uh, mainly women. Interestingly, that has developed naturally over the years. That and we love is that very too. Mainly women. Yes. And where they're at in their lives generally is that they've had a lot of career success. So they've kind of have the, they, they might be in a transition, but generally, you know, they have a lot of career success or they've kind of done the whole corporate ladder thing or the whole like build a business thing. And they're now asking like, what else? You know, and sometimes the their health or their relationship might have fallen to the wayside a bit in 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 those career pursuits or what we often see especially for women is that they have been everything for everyone for their whole lives they've been the spouse and the mom and the career person and they get to this point and say you know but who am i like and what are my dreams actually again and you know might feel a little bit disconnected from that and so yeah, they're often very successful people that actually have done a lot of work in, in, in personal growth, but go like, there's something else that's missing. And they're looking for that other piece that's missing, even though they might have been ticking all the boxes that society tells them, you know, we or tells us that we need to that we need to tick and they look for that for that other place. And then from there, we take them deeper. It's um, there's a lot of programming in our society. And the more one learns about our own self-awareness, learning about awareness was extremely interesting because I didn't even understand that we have so many blind spots as we do. And you really need to step outside of yourself and get that guidance to know what it is you're doing. What are you consuming? What are you reading? Who are you spending time with? All of that has such a massive impact on us I really love this whole idea of living in alignment with your values because it's so important 
especially females, they're running around taking care of so many other people that they absolutely do forget to take care of themselves. <laughs> Thank goodness they, they hear about programs like yours. I think it's fascinating that it's six months long. Within that time frame, are they doing different things within that six months? I mean, are you meeting anywhere or is it online and then they meet up and have this incredible adventure? Yeah, and completely agree with everything you just said. Beautiful reflections on, on that and on the whole programming. Yes, yeah, so as part of the program, the first six months, so let's just say five and a half months until we get together for the retreat are all virtual. So we have our we have group calls, we have individual calls, they have their calls with their fitness coach, with their nutrition coach. And we're also really intentional about fostering a really strong culture amongst them. So right now, um, we have 12 members in our current aligned leadership program, the Kilimanjaro 2022 edition. They started meeting up on the first weekend of the after after we launched the program. So there's some that live pretty close by. They were they started flying to each other. They started driving three, four hours throughout uh, through the state to see each other, to go for dinner together, to go train together, hike mountains together. It's been incredibly beautiful to see. And you know, so much of what we do and so much of the program, so much of the magic is really in the community. Because a lot of times the people we work with don't necessarily have people around them that really allow them to dream and give them permission to really step into their full expression and really own, you know, whatever truth and alignment really means for them. And also, you know, doing embarking on something like climbing around Kilimanjaro or running a marathon in Patagonia, you know, most people in most people's families go, okay, they go yeah, for a bush walk. For you. <laughs> But, you know, not everybody has a community around that really like, like gets it and is on a journey with them. And so, you know, that is part of that is part of what the program provides and not just really on the adventure or physical side, but also the deep work that we do. You know, people go and have conversations that have been outstanding for years or decades with people in their lives. You know, people do really deep work, people make big shifts in their lives. And so having, uh, having this community of people, having this group of people around them, not just us as their coaches, other people are kind of in it with them. It makes such a difference and it's really a big part of the magic. So yeah, coming back to your question, like we don't like have, um, we don't meet organized before the retreat in person in terms of as part of the program, but people tend to just amongst themselves because they love it. I think that's amazing. They get the guidance in the lead up as well. Yeah. Um, what I love about it is that you have nutrition, you have this endurance, I'm going to call it endurance event and the nutrition side, and then the mental training, which is, I think, you know, you're right. It is that journey. It's a bit like a, a tick at the end that you get to climb the mountain or run a marathon. Is it a full marathon or a half marathon? Yeah, no, it is a full Whew. marathon. <laughs> I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I've done a half marathon. <laughs> okay. yeah, and, and, you know, the training, you have to be dedicated. You have to have the right setup around you to be able to do it having that support is absolute key and when you realize if you translate that to your own life and you look at what's going on in your own life why things are working or they're not you can pretty quickly pinpoint different things I would love to know I haven't been to Patagonia or to Mount Kilimanjaro maybe there's something I would definitely love to climb a mountain something like that Tell me some stories about some of the places that you've been to. They're just incredible oh, yeah. <laughs> locations. Yeah, it is. It is really, really special. And really, you know, the 
The reason why we designed it this way, maybe to come back to, you know, the origins is because Jamie and I were like, what kind of life do we want to have? What kind of business do we want to have that where we don't have to force our way out of the business for two weeks, uh, for two weeks a year to go and do what we love to do, but where the business actually forces us to do the things we love to do. So, you know, we create a business that basically requires us to stay really fit. We build a business that requires us to travel. And so we choose the locations of our graduation retreats based on that. It's like, what excites us? Where do we want to That's go? Just what brilliant. do we love? Yeah. If it doesn't excite us, we wouldn't do it. <laughs> and so we have been to, yeah. It's the ultimate <laughs> bucket list. You're yeah. literally ticking them all off. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so like these days, you know, for years in there are certain considerations we have in terms of like the locations and where I can go to and what works, but you know, it's still, that is still the main premise, like what excites us. And so, yeah, I mean, we've been to, We've been to Everest Base Camp, which was incredibly special, just that cultural immersion into, into Nepal and into like walking through the little villages there and connecting with the locals. And we were guided by an incredible man that, um, that is a great contributor to local, to the local villages and to the society and to people. And he told us all this, all these incredible stories. Um, it was so, it was so intimate and so special. Yeah. We've been to Cape Town, South Africa, which for me was one of my, one of my favorite races. I wasn't ultramarathon actually um we're not going to do an ultramarathon again as part of how long <laughs> that how was long an, ex- an ultramarathon <laughs> well that one an ultra is every anything above 42 kilometers 26 miles so everything above a normal marathon it can go up to whatever this one was 35 miles so 56 kilometers it was a long way um but, you know, again, like the people of South Africa were so absolutely beautiful. And there were like tens of thousands of people in this in this huge race. And it was the only time I've ever experienced that um, the people who guide certain like pacers, they're called, who basically, you know, you follow the pacer, you get there at a certain time as long as you stick with them. They had these massive groups around them that would like, and they would count and they would have instruments with them playing. <laughs> and they would, you know, like people would just gather around them and like in these waves, like start moving, like running, walking, running, walking up and down the hills. It was extraordinary. You know, I mean, we've done marathons in, yeah, in Honolulu and in, in San Francisco. Um, we've done Kilimanjaro, you know, many times because it's something that, you know, is on so many people's bucket lists and people love the mountain and we love the mountain. It's such a magical place. And yeah, the, the stories we create there, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many. Are you <laughs> going in the summertime <laughs> or winter for Mount Kilimanjaro? It's summertime, but that is basically, I mean, it's basically the time when there's less chance for rain and snow. Like there's a time you wouldn't actually climb it, but um, yeah, there's kind of two seasons throughout the year. So we generally go either in March or in September, like those two sides. And is it quite cold up up top anyway in in the summertime? Yeah, it gets cold. (laughs) You wear some five or six layers. Okay, that is cold. (laughs) Very cold. Yeah, it is, it is cold. It is it is a challenging mountain. Yeah, um, it's not to be underestimated and it can be done by anyone who wants to, who really wants to do it. Really? So when I looked at your, I mean, I, I've known about you for years now, but when, just say anybody has a look at your website, it looks like a little bit intimidating. It looks a little bit intimidating in <laughs> that my first assumption would be, oh, you have to be fit to participate in these kinds of things. How does somebody who doesn't have any fitness go into this? Yeah. And a lot of the people that we work with come from somewhere, you know, sometimes that sometimes they're actually, you know, 
great athletes already. They might have done half marathons. They might have done marathons or whatever other things. Often there is somewhere close to couch, like where we literally work with the with the entire spectrum of people and their fitness. Which is why you know what we part of the research that we did at the beginning was how long does it take someone to go from couch to marathon? You know, and that is doable with like good consistent training and individual tailored coaching, physiotherapy support where needed. You know, all those things. When you put the right things in place, six months is definitely an appropriate period of time. And so that is then, you know, and then they go and they they have a fitness coach. So they have a coach that is, you know, really like used to also working like our fitness coach. He works with, um, he works with national champions. He works with Olympians and he works with people that are, that are just getting started. So, you know, having someone, they have someone by their side that really tailors every single week, you know, every step of the way that is always there to respond to any questions, you know, when there's any injuries or niggles that happen because they do in marathon preparation, you know, we take care of it straight away. And so... Yeah, in that sense, you know, it's really it's really possible. So you don't have to have a great level of fitness yet. And yes, it's still intimidating. You know, absolutely. I mean, a marathon, I've done 10 of them or something. Still intimidating to me every single time. Each time you have a new one. <laughs> but it's possible. Uh, yeah, and that is some of the biggest transformations. You know, that is some of the most inspiring moments when those people that, you know, go, I could never do this. I actually remember we once had a member, she inquired on our website and then send, she sent a message, I think about, a couple hours later and said, forget about my inquiry. I don't know who I thought I would be to be able to run a marathon. And we're like, hold on. And so we've replied and we actually got her on a call <laughs> and she registered and she went on to run a marathon, oh, you know, well. but that place one that many people are in. It's like, who did I think, who did I even think, you know, I am to be able to do this. But isn't that are. brilliant to have that level of shift? It's so possible. I know for me, I think a big part of it is the discipline. I know there is this saying, freedom is on the other side of discipline. You cannot yeah. get to the freedom. Everybody is so impatient. They just want what they want right now. And they're so frustrated that they can't get it. They have to step in to what kind of person gets things. It's someone who has consistency, the discipline, who gets back up every time they've fallen. And freedom on the other side of that is incredibly rewarding. I remember back in 2010, when I was in living in Vancouver, my partner at the time was watching TV and he saw a mountain bike race in Costa Rica. It was La Ruta Conquistador. And he's like, come and look at this. Wouldn't this be amazing? And these guys were trudging through mud in, in this river and they're holding their bikes above their head. And I just said, well, Rather than sitting on the couch looking at something like this, why don't you do something about it? And he kind of brushed it off as a joke, but he committed. And oh, wow. we literally planned it. I created a whole um, fundraiser around it. And that was his motivation to go. So actually he had six months now that I remember. Yeah. And it was, you know, doing the, doing the bike training. It was like getting a bike. He didn't even know what kind of bike he had to get. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finding communities and doing, putting in the, I don't know what you call it, putting in the miles. He just had to keep putting in the miles. He was completely changed after it. By the time we were going to Costa Rica, the morning we were leaving, I had woken up with the worst case of tonsillitis I have probably ever had in my life. I used to get it quite a lot, like maybe once a year. And it was so bad. I was laying in bed just like, I cannot go to Costa Rica. I cannot believe this is happening right now. And we have worked for six months for this to happen. 
And he just said, it's not an option. He said, I will just carry you. (laughs) So we got there. As soon as we got to Costa Rica, I literally was in bed and I was hot and cold shivers, getting into a hot bath. And then I just trying to break a fever and had a doctor come and see me because it was actually really severe. And then even the getting up at 3.30 and 4 o'clock in the morning to meet everybody to go on the trip while the guys were riding. There were some girls as well. And I remember the whole time my chest was, I was just not in a good way at all. It it kind of, it got a little better, I think, with the medication that I got from the doctor to get me through the days. But I remember Uh on the last day, they had to go over a train track, 20 kilometers of train track. Mm. That was the only way they could get there to the finish. And the finish area was probably below knee deep. It was between just above ankle deep water, the whole thing. I'm standing there with my camera hours (laughs) waiting for him to come through. I was so miserable. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just had to go and sit down. And of course he comes through when I went (laughs) and sat down after standing there for so long. and And for him, that was the biggest moment was that I wasn't standing there. It was really hard for him. And I said, you know what? Let's just celebrate that we got through this whole thing. It was such an incredible experience. So I just think anyone who is going through your program, it must be truly amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so such a beautiful story, Leo. That That is incredible, you know. And, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. You know, let's celebrate it because in the end, that's the... It's the thing that you did and it's a whole journey to have gotten there. It's everything that earned him to write to actually go and show up. It was everything in the lead up, you know, and then that's kind of the cherry on top. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to jump in here and let you know about my upcoming program for 2022. People say knowledge is power, but that's not entirely true. If you do nothing with that knowledge, it's worthless. If you implement it, you become unstoppable. Creating your own business takes work, commitment, dedication to getting tasks done, working through the frustrations when you realize it's more than you thought and you feel like you're always on the verge of quitting. The easy thing to do is give up, but that just perpetuates a cycle because when there is something you can't stop thinking about, something that you really want to create, you'll never be able to shake it. What we're not taught in school is how our brain actually works. It is so hardwired with our individual beliefs based on our own life experiences that it takes the utmost awareness to know what you need to do differently to achieve your goals. This is the single biggest thing that can be the deciding factor on how well you live your life. When you're starting a new business, there are stages you need to go through. Analysis, planning, testing, strategizing, taking action, in tandem with accountability and support, etc. This is what I help my clients with. In my 10-week program, I'll take you from being stuck and not knowing how to grow to getting clarity and confidence that will get you to the next level. We'll make sure your niche, target market, offer and strategy is solid by implementing systems and a step-by-step action plan to strengthen your foundation that will allow you to grow faster than you could have imagined. You'll gain clarity and confidence with every step, not ever having to return to where you were ever again. I work with a limited number of clients at any time, and to really help you, it needs to be a mutually beneficial fit. 
This is for someone serious about their growth, for someone who's tired of just getting by to having a healthy business that actually makes money. If this sounds like something you're interested in, send me an email to hello at leonimilano.com. That's L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O.com with the word apply and we can jump on a call to see if this works. If you can tell me one thing that you got out of this episode, I'll add an exclusive bonus. Now let's get back to the episode. In mountains and marathons, we have a we have a different kind of perspective on goal setting where you know most of the world kind of sets goals because we believe that once we get there, we'll feel a certain way. Once I get the job. Once I have the relationship, once I have the money, whatever it is, we set goals because we think once we get there, we feel a certain way. And that is a big trap because most people Huge like to experience that, you know, you get there and then you go, well, it didn't quite feel the way I wanted to. But now on the way, I might have done a whole bunch of things that were misaligned because I, oh, they had me feel miserable because I thought that once I get there, everything's going to be better. And so the way that we set goals is really, so we have a manifesto, we have this declaration of, you know, who are we committed to being? What are we out to create in the world? And then we set goals from a place of what is going to call us into being that person? Like we set goals for who we're becoming in the process. And then it doesn't actually matter whether we achieve the thing or not. That is great, of course, and we can still want that, you know, but that is really that cherry on top where no matter what happens, we know that the journey there is turning us into the person who we're inspired to be and who we're committed to becoming, which is really the only thing that really counts other than the actual achievement of the goal, which is just a moment in time and might feel any way. That's really important to point that out. There's a few things in there. There's... really celebrating your wins along the way, just in your life generally, it doesn't matter how big or small, but we do tend to set ourselves up for disappointment. Also towards other people, sometimes we'll have this very high expectation of ourselves. We'll have very high expectations of what we expect other people to be for us, which is a form of manipulation. We want them to be this certain way to show up in a certain way for us. When really all that matters is we just need to stay in our own lane and focus on us and taking expectation out of it, just really going back to the the values and being in alignment with your values is what you are doing right now in alignment with where you want to go. And if it's a, it's either a yes or a no. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. right? She says uh, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Oh, who said this? Brene Brown. Aha. I love Brene Brown. Yeah. <laughs> we all do, right? <laughs> it's so yeah. it's so important. Uh, you you mentioned something else that I loved. I absolutely loved and and this is something that people get confused with. They get frustrated when they they haven't achieved a goal or they can't quite get there and, and they don't know why. Is because wherever you are right now and you want to be that over there, they're making a decision based on who they are now and what you mm-hmm. said about making decisions on being that future. What does that future person do? Stepping into that, that's when you can make the shift. But as we are now, we cannot make that shift. And I think this is where so many people get stuck and confused. Then they also have that expectation. They also set themselves up straight away with a, well, 
that could never happen. I could never do that. Like that lady saying, who, who am I to think I can run a marathon? I don't know what I was thinking. I actually said those words just before I jumped out of a plane. <laughs> it was the first time I, the first time I've only done it once so far. I was going up the plane and I get motion sickness and I had smelt the fuel on the way in, which wasn't a good thing. And so I'm sitting in the plane and my brain just starts going on a tangent. I'm trying to stay calm and I'm trying to, I'm acting like everything's fine. And inside I've just got this squirrel thing going on. And a a guy sitting across from me, I said, how many jumps have you done? He's like, I've done about 5,000. And I was like, wow, he was the videographer or something. And then he starts talking about kangaroos. And I looked at him and I was having such a strange, like out of body moment. All I could do is look at him and and just think, why on earth is he asking me about kangaroos? I'm literally about to jump out of a plane. This is not the best time to ask me about kangaroos. (laughs) But he was trying to distract me. And and then my guy who I was jumping with, he was trying to explain to me, now you've got to do this banana thing with your legs and everything. And all I could think in my head is like, banana, banana, yes. He goes, do not forget to do the banana. I was like, okay, I'm not going to forget. I won't forget. I was trying not to be one of those really crazy people. I knew that I couldn't not jump. I knew that that wasn't an option, that I had, it wouldn't have been good for me to not do the jump, I think personally, but the resistance was so huge. And the higher we got, the more my stomach just tightened. And then I start looking around the plane and I said, okay, I just have a question what am I supposed to hang on to when you open the door? And I'm putting my hand on the roof and they said, you don't need to hang on to anything. I said, no, come on, let's be serious for a second. (laughs) And they said, don't worry about that because I was the first one out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Only hanging on to the person you're jumping with. (laughs) Right, exactly. So the door opened. When the door opened, my stomach just lurched and I looked across at a guy and I just said, I don't know what I thought. I was doing thinking I could jump out of a plane and I didn't have a second after that. I I literally, my guy just says, let's go. And I did this slow motion move to the door. Everything Mm. just happened so quickly. And I actually, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't have my eyes open when I jumped out. I had them closed because it was so much for me. Of course. That (laughs) moment of surrender, of trusting whatever is going to happen is just going to happen is so massive. It's such a big thing to do. Mm. That was, (laughs) that was the wildest part of it because Mm. once I jumped out and then you have this videographer guy in your face trying to do this, (laughs) making you smile and everything in your face is like going everywhere. Yeah. Um, Yep. (laughs) It was so funny. I was fine after that. And then he starts moving the parachute around And then I started to feel my stomach because of the motion sickness. And I thought, oh, no, please, no, 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 no. And I said, well, what what should I do if I'm not feeling great in my stomach right now? And he goes, just look to the horizon. Okay, okay. And he let me hold it for a second. There's no porta potty around the corner up there. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked down and all of it was fine. I was fine for the whole thing except that jumping out. I am so happy I had that experience. And I'm so happy I had that experience in Costa Rica, even though I was a sick person recording the the whole thing. But to have gone on that journey, 
we have to have these kinds of experiences in our life. What a difference it is to live your life when you are doing things like that. Nothing in the world beats travel and experiences. Yeah. What a what a remarkable story. And I <laughs> have you jumped out I, of a plane? I have. Probably a few times. Actually. No, only once. Only once. I've been thinking of going back, but I haven't really I haven't done it yet. <laughs> How was your experience? I was, yeah, I was um I was 20. You know, it was over 10 years ago. I was studying in Cuba. And at some moment, I just had this thought, I'm like, I need to do this. They jump out of a plane. And I never questioned it. It was really interesting. I was very steadfast. And I'm going to do this. I went to the field. I talked with the instructor. You know, then it took a couple of days. It got canceled a few times because of wins. And, you know, I right. felt like that tested my commitment. <laughs> like, okay, we're still going to do this. Um, but I never really questioned it until we were really far up. Oh, <laughs> and I thought, right. I know that oh feeling. God, what are we doing here? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that has had that. And I can really connect with that moment of surrender. And the interesting thing for me is, you know, I've sometimes reflected back on this. I don't know whether if I actually had to jump, because you don't jump yourself. You know, you're hanging on someone. You need to kind of agree to do the thing, but you're not jumping yourself. I don't know whether I could actually ever jump. And it's one of those moments where if I had to do it myself, I'd, I would not do bungee jumping, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't have that. I also don't do have any desire jumping. for it, you know. No. It's not even to think where I go, I have to go and challenge myself. There's just no part in me. I'm like, it's just a thing I don't need to have. And yes, you know, I would be terrified of it. And that surrender is a really, is a really beautiful reflection. I was like, son, in, in that moment to make my dream come true and to get to where I wanted to be, I had to fully surrender and actually hand something over. We have to hand something over to someone else, to something else, and just trust that that's going to happen. You know, and you, you are trusting someone with your life in the most extreme way, in a sense, than, you know, than in any other situation or than in most other situations. So I hadn't reflected on it that way before, but I appreciate that the reflection of yours and that insight, because it is, it is that it is a big moment of surrender. And yes, there, everything after the first second, like everything after the first, like drop, it's fine, is like, right? Okay, <laughs> we're just floating here. <laughs> and it's right. like that in life so often, you know, we think that we're we're hesitating for so long to take the big leap, whatever that is, you know, whether it's starting the business, leaving the relationship, whatever. And then we often spend so much energy in that space of knowing that it's the thing we need to do, knowing that it's the thing that's in alignment, but we're not. And then, yeah, we often spend more energy on that and on the sitting with it than we ever spend on actually doing the thing once we do it because it really? tends to be not that big of a deal. Yeah, that is so, so true. And the reason I had done the jumping out of the plane, the skydiving, was I had just come off doing a 60-day challenge. It wasn't that big a deal. It was more of a mental challenge. We had to have a cold shower every day, eat healthy, no alcohol. I was already not drinking. I was already eating healthy. It was journaling every day. And the experience was amazing. And right at the end of it, I had had such a great journey in terms of discipline, especially when we have shiny object syndrome. I felt very accomplished personally for me for having done something for that long and I remember calling up I also had a cancellation because of the wind and I was so on the edge but I thought no you've wanted to do this for like 10 years you cannot back out and then 
So they had called and they said, oh, can you make it? And I said, yeah, I'm like 10 minutes away from you. So I jumped in. I remember jumping in the car and someone had called me and I said, I can't speak right now. I'm just about to run and go and jump out of a plane. They're like, what? (laughs) I love it. There's There's this other... I don't know if you, you've probably heard about it, 75 Hard. Have you heard of yeah. that program? Yeah. yeah. That's really intense. I think for me personally, I think it has its place for some people. Some people do need to do something at that level to break through because we're so conditioned. When I'm coaching people and I, I just say, I want you to sit in a different seat tonight than what you usually sit and don't mention it to anyone. Just observe and see what happens. Even if you're at home by yourself, sit in a different place to what you usually do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, I agree with this. Things like 75 Hard, they have their place. You know, I believe that um, you want to, it really serves us as people to prove or to show ourselves that we can be deeply disciplined. Mm. I don't really believe also when we talk about, you know, 75 Hard is an incredibly masculine challenge. Is, yeah. is purely masculine. And, you know, these days that doesn't necessarily resonate with me. And developing in a masculine, developing in a discipline mm-hmm. is something that is incredibly valuable. And maybe, you know, we do a challenge like that, not to make it a lifestyle, but simply to develop that muscle. So then we know that we can draw on it in any moment and we can be disciplined fully when we choose to. And at the same time, you know, we can also have more balance in our lives and acknowledge, okay, if I'm not feeling good today, it might actually be better for me to skip a workout. You know, I might go, Mm. might go to bed earlier. I might not do that thing, which, you know, I believe is, there's a place where we need to learn to distinguish where is it that we're giving ourselves grace versus where mm-hmm. we're giving ourselves slack. And if we've never really developed the discipline and we don't really know that we can be that person that really shows up no matter what, it is really hard to distinguish slack from grace. Oh, and yeah. So- you know, a challenge. And like the stories that. we tell ourselves as well. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's sometimes so hard. And I, I have that with the people I work with a lot. It's like, am I just being soft or am I just being compassionate? You know, like, is this, should I, should I like cancel this meeting? Let's say, because I'm not feeling good or am I actually just not showing up? It takes a lot of going inside and really being honest with ourselves and being attuned to what's true for us to be able to distinguish the two. Mm-hmm. I think what's great for us is if we are able to infuse the female energy and the male energy because I do believe we do need both not crazy male energy and not super soft feminine energy I think there's a healthy balance for both and I think we do need both there are there are definitely things that we can learn from men and there are things that men can learn from females and empathy they're talking about empathy a lot more yeah yeah absolutely a lot of us have grown up to be incredibly hard on ourselves and often you know the the biggest critic the biggest judge and so yeah a big part of the journey that we go on with people again you know especially women but really everyone I wouldn't I wouldn't make that only about women men often maybe more silently, but struggle with that just as much to really, Mm. to really see ourselves 
for mm-hmm. who we are and to really see ourselves for how great we're doing. You know, so often when, yeah, when I check in with people, you know, at the beginning of our time together, the focus kind of on what, what didn't go so well, how they, you know, didn't do it perfectly. And that's the place then for us to come in and actually help them see how amazing they're doing, you know, and kind of start retraining that that focus a bit to okay like and yes we can we can hold both at the same time we can acknowledge and be proud of what we've done and not um not deny that in any way and on the other side we can also say yeah and if i had my time again here's something i could have done better but without the judgment without the morality without the it makes me a good or bad person it's simply here's what it is like this was an alignment here's where i really showed up here, not really, you know, I'll be doing this differently next time and simply have it be that. You know, part of our part of our pitfall also as humans is that we bring so much judgment and morality into everything. Mm. So we can simply take that out of it and go, well, is this aligned or is it not? Really as simple as that. Not makes me a good or bad person, not as good or bad, right or wrong, but simply is this in alignment? You know, yes, this is. Okay, great. Well, this thing, this thing really wasn't how I showed up in that conversation that wasn't, you know, I wasn't the kind of person I'm inspired to be there. Okay, great. You know, next time, here's how I'm going to respond. Okay, great. No big deal. No Mm, big deal. Take the emotion out of it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And we can feel the emotion, you know, we can, we can let the emotion run through and that's fair enough. And that's something that. But don't hang on to it. Yeah. But we don't want to have it be stuck. Yeah, exactly. Mm. How many programs do you have every year? Uh, We run two aligned programs at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They all each go six months and they kind of start more or less right right after each other. Yeah. So we're currently running the Align Kilimanjaro program. That's going to graduate in March. So we're pretty far into that one. Um, they're coming up to their graduation. I think it's 43 days until we meet. <laughs> oh, counting down. Are they excited? Uh, I do. Exciting. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm more excited these days than nervous. I'm not really nervous about it anymore. I'm just so looking forward to meeting everybody in person for the first time after working together for six months, which is such a special moment. I love seeing them connect with each other, you know, for most of them in person for the first time. So that's coming up. And then in April, we're going to be starting our Align Leadership Program, the Patagonia Marathon 2022 edition. So yeah, Patagonia oh, is one of our favorite places in the world. That was actually our very first program we did in 2018. And we were launching mountains and marathons. And honestly, I had no idea what we were doing. We went to Patagonia. That <laughs> is amazing. We went the marathon there. So it's really special to be back there this year. And um, I mean, the, it is it is a place at the end of the world, really, in a way. And it is so absolutely stunning. So I love Patagonia. And I can't wait to take the next team there. And do you uh, join an existing marathon or an event yes, that is happening? Yes. So that Which is the Patagonia International Marathon. Yes. Yeah. And we work together with the organizers. And yes, that's right. Patagonia sounds amazing. I don't know about the um, marathon. <laughs> I don't know about the marathon side of it, but the, if there was a mountain there that you were ever going to climb. <laughs> that would I would be up there. Are for some that. gorgeous hikes there that might be worth checking out for you. So, uh, the Torres de Paine National Park, where the marathon actually goes through, there's some there's some incredible treks there. Yeah, some world renowned. Like there's some of the best treks in the world. What do you have planned for next year? What's after Patagonia? Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, we might be doing Everest Space Camp again. That's still to be confirmed. But right now, what I'm really excited about um, is we're we're creating like really beautiful things for our graduates as well. Um, we, you know, mm. because they are people we've worked with for six months and they're they're like deep in this journey and they've come so far. You know, we want to kind of want to support them on their ongoing journey. So this year, for the first time, we're launching our kind of the, the proper graduate program, which is called Masterpiece. And that is going to be a six month long journey where we will graduate with a eight day adventure in Iceland. So we're going to go to Iceland and see some of the main volcanoes, waterfalls and caves and islands and all the different things. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited about that one. And then we were, we've just hosted our first ever um, graduate reunion in the Bahamas. So we had about 20 graduates from different programs over the last years come in and actually meet each other and come together across programs. And it was such a special How time. How wonderful. Yeah. And so we're going to do that again early next year. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of really, really You have cool a lot things. of events going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That yeah. is amazing. And we're also launching a, we're also going to be launching in the next couple of months, a public mountains and marathons community Facebook group. So that's going mm-hmm. to be an opportunity for us, you know, to connect more with people that might not have been part of um, a line yet, or might be thinking about it, you know, maybe it's just not the right time, but an opportunity for um, us to engage and build that community and also create free value. You know, we're planning to do masterclasses there and just a whole bunch of different things that are going to be coming. Oh, I think that's going to have exponential growth. <laughs> for sure (laughs) Jen it has been so lovely speaking with you and thank you so much for taking the time I I think everything that you're doing is so incredibly inspiring and really important for people for their growth and just enjoying their life here to the fullest yeah (laughs) how can people find you yeah. Um, so I love to connect with people on my personal profile. That is um, Jen, Jen Ziegner. I don't know whether you can link that in the show notes somewhere. So if I you will. want to reach out, I'm always happy to connect. Um, mm-hmm. And then on Facebook, we're Mountains and Marathons. So that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you again and take care. And I look forward to keeping an eye on your journey. Thank you so much, Leah. Wonderful to connect with you and we'll see each other soon. Sounds great. See you later. Bye-bye. You've just finished listening to an episode of Rare Conversations. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leonie Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back with us again soon.